So, but I want to share with you this, this morning, um, from, from, um, something that, that's just stirring in my heart. And, and this is a little bit different, you know, it's, it's not the maybe, you know, cause I love this time of the year. This is Christmas, right? It's Christmas season. And, uh, I, I, uh, I have preached this passage from a lot of different directions, but not like this. And uh, so I want to talk to you about the, the, the great gift exchange or greatest gift exchange and, uh, and, and just share some things from this passage. Um, this, this is dear to me in, in some different ways. This tr- last trip to Israel this year, earlier this year, um, for the first time I was able to go into Samaria. And we're going to be looking here at John's Gospel chapter 4. You know where it talks about Samaria, and uh, and it's a it's a uh, a unique area, uh, very desolate. Man, <laughs> you get back in there and you're going, come on, I you know we 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 went from here back to West Texas, and West Texas, you think it's you know, because because San Angelo is right on the edge of the Chihuahuan Desert. But you go just a little further into Midland and some of those other areas. I mean, you know, the trees get shorter. <laughs> it's desert and uh, and uh, all the way out, you know, El Paso and, and all. But but you talk about rugged. I mean, those hills and the just rocks. And, and here Jesus is traveling through this area. It's like, okay. I believe he was on a mission. I don't think that Jesus did things just to do them. I don't believe there, there were just coincidences that happened. I believe there was something very specific that he was at work doing here. And we want to look at, look at some of that here in John's Gospel, chapter 4, starting in verse 7. It says, a woman of Samaria came to draw water. And Jesus said to her, give me a drink For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then Jesus, or excuse me, then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you being a Jew ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. And Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God, And who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. How many of you love the gift-giving aspect at Christmas? Come on, let's be honest. You know, and and, uh, we... we, uh, um, this year we, we weren't able to really gather up and do the whole lights and, and tree. And we're, matter of fact, we're headed, we're, we're going to spend some time in uh, Arkansas with Joanne's mom and, and, uh, family, uh, this Christmas. And, and, uh, so we just, we just had limited amount of time and we had to pick and choose. And it's like, okay, that's not as important, but guess what's still be happening? Gifts, Right. <laughs> it's still happening. We're still doing the whole gifts thing, you know, and, and a lot of that's for the kids, the grandkids, and and uh, but that's that's again, it's a it's a big part of this. And when I look at this this passage, I just thought, how fitting for Jesus to arrive at this place, 
and to start this dialogue with this with this woman at the well. Now, you know, at, a, at you know, those wells, uh, they're significant. And again, I think that sometimes the Western church just they they really don't do justice to to some of the some of the uh, individuals of the Bible or, or or some of the some of the stories we sometimes misread or read into things. You know, you 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 find that you know that um, like Mary Magdalene, you know Mary Magdalene. You know they they you know if you really study that out, she you know one pope years ago in the Western Church identified her as the woman that was washing Jesus' feet, the prostitute. But it doesn't say that was her. And when you really study her history and all, she was a powerful business lady, a powerful woman of influence down in the region down and around Galilee. And, um, and one of the major supporters of Jesus' ministry. And so, but yet, you know, the Eastern Church has, has never believed that about Mary Magdalene. You, know, you think about Doubting Thomas, you know, that we, we call him Doubting Thomas. But Thomas really wasn't that much of a doubter when you really look at it. I mean, did, did, he, did he miss out on that appearance of Jesus and want to also experience what these other guys had experienced? Absolutely. And he got, he got his moment. And uh, ultimately, in that region where I was at, there in, in India, um, Thomas traveled traveled into India and raised up churches apostolically and gave his life for the gospel. So, um, and I think maybe this, this woman maybe doesn't get as much credit or is somewhat looked at different than maybe she should be. Because I think we, we, there's, there's a lady here that maybe, um, See, in those days, I know that she had five husbands, and the guy that she was with wasn't her husband. So we get that, right? You know, so there's, there's probably some things going on here. But as we dive into this story, you know, in those days, especially from in those times of war, men died. And it wasn't uncommon for a woman to have other husbands just through the hardship and the death that would happen and war that would happen and things. So we don't, we don't know the whole backstory on, a, on all this. So sometimes we're assuming on things and we maybe shouldn't fully assume on all that. But here this lady is. Because if you look at this, this interaction that starts taking place, she's actually um, carrying on a pretty theological discussion with Jesus. I mean, it's like if you really look at what's, what's happening here, it's like, okay, she's, she's just not fully ignorant of the things about Messiah, the things about worship. Uh, just, it's like, uh, okay, who is this lady? And, um, and it appears that maybe there was something more to that. Well, in 2020, you know, in during, you know, I'd been to Israel some before that, you know, a few times, and and uh, then going back this this year. Um, one thing about COVID is, you know, the world shut down, and so none were, nobody was showing up coming to Israel, and so all the all the sites were empty from people, right? 
and uh, no tourists there. Well, Israel took, took that advantage of that, and man, everything was like fixed up and painted and repaired, and all this new excavation had gone on. They seized that moment and that time in Israel to do a bunch of that. So there was a lot of new uh, ar archaeological finds and things that also happened during that time frame, one of them being out in that Samaritan area around Jacob's well. And through that area. And what they found is some ruins of, of former churches even. And it appears that they said that women were predominantly the leaders of these churches. Come on. Sometimes it's God, God's greatest men are women. <laughs> Read your Bible. I mean, there is some powerhouse women of God. And, uh, and, and it's a shame that sometimes in America, you know, especially in America, you know, it's like, okay, you know, ladies, you cannot fill the pulpit in our denomination or our church. Now, if you want to go to the mission field, <laughs> yeah, we'll send you to the mission field. <laughs> it's jacked up, isn't it? <laughs> Come on, ladies. We, 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 I thank God that we've got some powerhouse women around here. And uh, if, if that intimidates you, you, you guys, then uh, you know what? <laughs> Step up. <laughs> you know, let that motivate you. Amen. And because uh, we, we're, we want to see mighty men of God raised up. We're not holding no, no, none of the women back. Let them go for it. And here he is. And so he begins to share with her about this aspect of the gift that he is, the person that he is, and I believe the purpose, the mission. And you're going to see this transpire in this in this whole conversation that starts taking place and so I was just dwelling I was thinking about the gift because he said if you knew the gift and I thought about not only with Jesus because for me my life was such a mess until I met Jesus and the, and just just the gift and the gifts that he gave me because the, the Holy Spirit and, and that's such a powerful gift that he gave. When you think about the, you know, Jesus was there in physical person during this time before the death of the cross. But at resurrection, as he was resurrected and he ascended, he said, it's, it's even more needful that I go away so that the Father can send the Holy Spirit and so the Holy Spirit would come, and, it, and he was, he's a gift. And it's, it's he, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. There is the triunity of God. I, uh, I just had this theological discussion with an individual that, he's, he was raised in church. His parents are, you know, pastors and ministers. And, and uh, somehow he, he just didn't get it. And he was, he was talking to me. He was really frustrated. They were at a Christmas party. Um, for his work, and, and there was one individual that was, was creating a ruckus and not wanting to be there, and, well, they were Jehovah Witness. They don't celebrate Christmas. 
And so he's like, I just don't get it, you know. And so I had to explain to him, you know, we get this, David, <laughs> from our background. And, and it's like, you know, I start explaining. I was like, well, you know, they, they don't believe in the Trinity. They don't believe that Jesus is who he said he was. They believe in the Father. They believe that, that Jesus was just a mere man and that the Holy Spirit is basically a radar beam. This force. And he was like, what? And he was shocked. You know, he couldn't get his mind around that. I'm glad that I wasn't introduced to a radar beam. I was introduced to the person of the Holy Spirit when I said yes to Jesus and I was born again. It was a gift and it was transformational. See, true Christianity is not about a behavior modification. It's a life transformation. And it's important that each one of us are able to experience the gift in that way. But here's, here's something else. There are gifts given. They're given to the body of Christ. They're given um, to individuals. That I believe there are motivational gifts, if you will. So if you, if you look at this, you have the ascension order gifts, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. Ephesians 4 talks about these, and they come from Jesus. These gifts, it talks about that Jesus, when he ascended on high, he gave gifts to men. Now, these gifts are from a Greek word, doma, so they're more of an authoritative gift, and they're callings of God. It's not something that we just aspire to. I think I'll take a career in pastoring. You know, that's, it should never be that. It's a calling. It's something that God does and that God brings about that calling and then anoints us to be able to function in one of those. And it's a team ministry. You know, the Western church, again, for the most part, pastor. And we ignore all the rest. But Ephesians 4 doesn't ignore those. And it says that these gifts are given to the body of Christ, to equip the saints to do the work of ministry. That that's our responsibility in that. We see that 1 Corinthians chapter 12 talks about the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. We see the, the motivation or the uh, vocal gifts. We see the revelation gifts. We see the, the, the power gifts that are there in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Gifts of the Holy Spirit that we as Christ followers that are, have been filled with the Spirit, that we can move in these and, and allow God to flow through us in those gifts. And they don't need to be weird. They, don't, they shouldn't be weird. You, you see Jesus move in them all the time, but he doesn't go, oh, wait, 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 wait. I'm having a word of knowledge. <laughs> no, he's just moving in it. You just look at his life, and he's flowing in these gifts. He's, he's moving in this place of the flow in the ministry of the Holy Spirit. But Romans chapter 12, I believe, also talks about these other motivational gifts that I believe come from the Father. And in these seven motivational gifts, we see them listed there. And, and uh, we've got different teaching. I, I thank God that, that, that uh, I, was, I was talking to uh, Lacey, uh, my niece, you know, that, that's here. And, and that uh, uniquely you, that y'all y'all did that this morning and went through that. And you, you get an assessment. You find out, what is my gift? 
What does that look like? See, if we knew the gift, we would ask. If we knew the gift. See, when, when you find out more of who you are, you really discover what you're not. Now, most people will know that. <laughs> Try and do something that you're not really called to do. You may even think you're great at it, but everybody else around you will be going, hey, no. <laughs> right? <laughs> and, and, we, and so we need more of that. Because I don't know about you, you know, as, as the body of Christ together, you know, as a local church, when we all start functioning in those gifts, because the Bible goes on to say there in Corinthians that God sets members in his church as it pleases him. I hear too many people talk in ways of, you know, I just... I don't know if I really like Pastor Wall, so I think I'm just going to go over here. And it's about what they like. I don't know if I really like that kind of worship. I don't know if I... What does God say? God may want you there, not only for what you can receive, but how about what you can offer and give? Why? Because he's got to make up the body of Christ. And in a local church body, there are things that... And, and here's the thing. If we're not careful, we're always looking to be around people like us, to expect everybody to do what our passion is. If we're not careful, we're trying to make people in our own image, in our own likeness. But that's not what God wants. And if you're only hanging around people just like you, you're going to be lacking there are times that we need to associate and have other people around us that bring things into our lives that give to us what we're not. It's vital. It's important for that. We're, 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 we're in need of that in a lot of different ways. Now, like I said, with these motivational gifts and like uniquely you, strength finders, there's all kinds of assessments out there. There's Myers and Briggs, DISC. There's, there's a lot of different ways to, to be able to identify some of that. I don't know about you, but I was, I was really glad whenever I learned about the five love languages, you know, and, and, uh, and you, you start discovering that. At one point, we had a we had a campus that we had an, a a campus leader at one of our schools, and um, golly, I mean, every kind of degree you could imagine. Smart guy, but he was terrible with people, and he and he just hurt people. He was, and all of a sudden, we just started noticing. Man, I mean, we had teachers leaving; they were like done. And you start assessing that, and and um, you know. It's like, okay, this has become a very toxic culture under his leadership. And so we ended up having to uh, have a, have a uh, come to Jesus meeting and had to part ways. <laughs> we sent him into his destiny. <laughs> and, uh, and with that, uh, Pastor Daniel Calhoun that, that has been with me for a long, long time, 30 plus years we've known, known them and 30 something years and and so he's he's on the school side as our district director or our regional director out there in that in that West Texas region. So he takes on 
the lead principal position to be able to turn that thing around. First thing he did is when he assessed everything and looked at the toxicity, and they didn't trust anybody. And so, but he brought into the culture the, the uh, it's the five love languages for business. It's called um, appreciation in the workplace. And he brought that in, and it was amazing in a year, the transformation that had happened on that campus. This is powerful. So Jesus gives gifts, but it's also about his person. If you knew the gift and who it is, See, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm glad for the gifts. Thank God for the gifts. But there is something about knowing him and having that kind of relationship with him. Because when you, when you start developing that, it's amazing what starts happening. I, I love just uh, Joanne and I coming in yesterday and spending time with Lane and Becca and just them sharing different things about. Uh, he, he was bragging on y'all. And just, I mean, so many of you are stepping up in different areas. And I show up and I'm just seeing this. And it's like, yes. This church is poised to continue to grow. And I know last week, I think, I think y'all hit a record. And uh, that was awesome. Or maybe week before, somewhere in there. But, and, I, and if you're here and you're new or you're visiting today, please come back. <laughs> You know, I'm, I, I, I know that I'm the senior pastor, but the campus pastor, Pastor Light, it would be really good for you to meet him and to, to be able to, and he's all about relationship. Him and Becca, they love the relationships. And, and it's, 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 it's key. You know, we, we purpose at the Life Church to not... You know, some churches have this, this, almost this separation, you know, clergy and laity, and, and they create this separation. They're afraid to allow people into their life or into their world or get too close. It, it I, you know, I've been around a lot of that, and I've just never, I, I never was willing to allow my life to get into that situation. If we can't be real, we can't just listen. Because if you're trying to put me or any other minister on a pedestal, you're going to get hurt. You're going to get disappointed. Why? Because we're human. We're not perfect. And so if you, if you can understand that, and then do like with everybody else, Lord, I forgive them. <laughs> right? To where you walk in that. And you... And you and you value relationship enough to even allow them into your world as a person. So, so we see Jesus modeled this. Not only were, was he a gift and were there gifts that he gives, but he, he wants us to identify and recognize our gifts and how to, how to bring that, that together, even generationally. You realize, um, I, I, I recently was just um, listening to a podcast and trying to just keep ahead of things and where, where we're going and what's happening. By They say by 2025 in the U.S. that uh, over 70% of the workforce will be Gen Z and millennials. 
us old folks are on our way out. <laughs> but you know what? It's okay because we're making room for the younger generations coming up to take over, to run with this. Now, do we still have something to offer? Absolutely. Because you can't fast track experience. <laughs> there are some things that some of us have been there, done that, and we bought two or three t-shirts. <laughs> and you, you need us, but we need you. And I love seeing the youth here and, and, and the, the, what's happening in that. For the church, it's so vital. And the last, the last thing in this was, you see this with this lady. I mean, because she recognized him as Messiah. I wish I had time. I would break that down some more. Because you'll see, as the person, she's like, you know, when Messiah comes and Jesus is like, it's me. That's who's talking to you. Bam. What does she do? She immediately connected to purpose his purpose, and she found her purpose. She goes back. She shares with the city. The city shows up. They hear Jesus. They're so impacted that they're like, Jesus, can you stay with us a few more days? He says that he stays two more days with them. And then they're like, okay, we're not just believing because of what she has said, but we have heard Jesus for ourselves. Something happened out of that. It's just amazing that here, 2020, that they discover those churches in that Samaritan region that have been unearthed and discovered. Obviously, Jesus tracked up through that rugged, I mean, it's treacherous. When you look at what Jesus walked through to get to, to the well, it's like, man. You know, Jesus, you could have just practiced, you know, and, and did one of those translation things, you know. Just dropped over there. No, he walked it. They walked it. And showed up there to meet this woman of influence. Well, what if she, you know, woman of the night? You know what? Jesus is a master at taking people's messes and turning them into a message. Of using people that maybe the world has written off. That the world has tried to label and say something negative. And here this woman is being powerfully used to reach a community. To impact others' lives. Maybe to have been a pastor of that church. We don't know. But we know that now they have discovered, and obviously women were highly involved in leadership. When you connect to God's purpose, your life will find significance. Sometimes I watch people struggle in that. Or they're always dreaming and thinking about something that is further out. What about today? Carpe diem. Seize today. Seize the moment now. What, is, what does God have before you right now? 
And if you're faithful in this moment, it's amazing how God can lead you and take you further into your destiny to fulfill His purpose with your life and for you to find significance and find fulfillment and know that you're you're aligned to it and that you're doing what God has for you to do. In this Christmas season, this is a great opportunity for us. I, I, I just love capitalizing on it. Joanne's car, the battery died. That's never fun, right? <laughs> and so, you know, we live a little ways out now. And, and so I, I unhooked the battery, loaded up. I drive in. I, I, I go to the auto place, you know, and swap batteries and all. And as I'm walking out, this, this young lady says, Happy Holidays. Man, I'm like, what? I turn around and said, No, ma'am. I said, It's Merry Christmas. <laughs> she said, Yes, bless you. <laughs> you know, sometimes the world wants to program us. Don't it down. Don't say that. Don't be overzealous. Be a closet Christian. God's looking for some bold witnesses, for some people to step up and to be able to take Jesus with them wherever you go. And all of a sudden, allowing for his gifts, his person, and his purpose to begin to flow through. So important for what God wants to do through our lives. And again, don't ever belittle the most smallest things that can happen because in that making could be the beginning of a huge miracle I want us to pray and you know what let's stand to our feet I want us to enter back into some worship to close out. And maybe you're in this place this morning. Maybe you're struggling for some significance. That's why I love, you know, what we do at the Life Church. You matter. Matter of fact, Pastor Lane was telling me that there's some of those decals out there that you can put on your on your vehicles. He gave me one last night. You matter. Find that the way. You don't have to be obnoxious. You know, when I was early on, I mean, I did some crazy stuff. We used to have this this drag, you know, down through town there in San Angelo, and all the kids hung out, and big crowds would gather in parking lots. And I'd, I'd just drive my pickup up in there, get out, climb up in the back, get on the toolbox, take, open my big black Bible and go to preaching. <laughs> I could scatter a crowd quicker than you could. <laughs> Lots of zeal, but not a whole lot of wisdom. <laughs> I found better ways to be able to minister to people, to love people, to enter into their world. So you don't have to get a bullhorn and take a street corner. You don't have to do sometimes those kind of things. But can you do something to serve someone? Can you give to someone? Can you be Jesus 
into their situation, whatever that is, and allow God to use you right here in this Christmas season and beyond. If you're here and your heart's hungry and you're just saying, God, I would just, listen now, if you're going to ask him to use you, don't get shocked if you're put in a situation and you're given an opportunity. Don't back out. Because God will give you an opportunity if you say, God, use me. But I want us to offer ourselves to him this morning and be a gift to humanity, to those that he died for, he gave his life for. Let's worship together and just, if you've not made Jesus the Lord of your life, if you're here today and you go, man, pastor, I'm, I'm not sure if I would go to heaven if I died. I'm not sure about eternity. I don't know. Listen, God made it simple enough that Walt Landers could get in on it. And I basically said, Jesus, I believe you're the way, the truth, and the life. John 14, 6. And I gave him my life. said, be my Lord. Be my Savior. If that's you today, offer yourself to him. And allow him to come. To make his home right here in your life, in your heart. Let's worship this last song. Offer yourself to him this morning. And then I believe Jack will come and finish it.